0: Welcome into to Tailgate. Austin Gale here with Mike Renner in sunny Cincinnati, ready to rip it up on our Thursday edition of the Tailgate podcast. We're going to do our full NFL Week 2 preview, preview all 16 games coming up this week, and also a college football Week 3 prospect primer, trivia back end of the show. Let's get it. Mike, we let the people down. We did not cover the Jacksonville Jaguars going against the Houston Texans in week one. We missed it in our week one review. It was the first time we did a full week one review on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So you got to give, got get your lumps here. But can we give the people what they want and actually review this Jacks texans game?
1: Yes, let
0: us, please. Start with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, I said this, I think, on another podcast or radio hit, or whatever it was. Those three interceptions were ugly. Some spotty accuracy. He had the highest percentage of uncatchable inaccurate passes of any quarterback in week one. But what you did see was the high end. You saw these flashy throws, these darts on his tape that you saw at Clemson. And the reason why he's still number one overall pick, best quarterback drafted in this class. But some some spottiness
1: that maybe people didn't expect to start. Yeah, I mean, he had an all-time bad interception. It was, it was as if the linebacker he threw to, gosh, I can't remember exactly who it was. Uh, as if he thought he was an offensive player. Like he's looking to his right, looking to his right, comes back to LaVisca Chenault, who's running kind of a seam post uh, against zone coverage. And I don't know if he thought it was supposed to be a dig or what, but he throws a line drive into a linebacker's chest where LaVisca Chenault's 10 yards further downfield than where the ball was caught. Like it was just pretty abysmal. That was kind of, I don't want to say a microcosm of his game, but it was just things he did that he never did at Clemson that are just an adjustment, mm-hmm. to the comfort level not what we saw and it's going to get better but you still saw the high-end plays the seam touchdown the kind of what was it the corner route uh or not actually it wasn't the corner route but just like the deep uh deep sideline route on on the left sideline that was just arm talent for days that that I I do think he'll be fine but it was it was still a rocky start out the game anyone coming
0: out of this game thinking that Trevor Lawrence won't be fine I think it's definitely overreacting but will this Jags supporting cast be fine? Offensive line did not look good. Defense got shredded by Trod Taylor and a bunch of replacement, you know, like no names that we talk about. All You know, the Houston Texans were the butt of every single joke in the offseason. At one point, I think DraftKings had their win total like two and a half or something ludicrous like that. They go out and win this game. I don't know. I, I do think that this Jaguars defense fell flat and offensively, I would argue Urban Meyer company did not put him, you know, Trevor Lawrence, even though he had some concerns himself, did not put him in a position to succeed. At what point do you see this Jaguar supporting cast turning around?
1: That's the tough part. It's you're relying on a lot of sort of young guys taking big next steps that, I mean, Caleb on chase on comes out, 49.7 past rushing grade. That's in year two. Uh, obviously he's going up against Leonard Tunsil a lot, but you would like a little bit better than that. CJ Henderson comes out, 55.5 coverage grade in year two, your two first rounders from last year, not playing like first rounders just yet, or not playing like the guys you thought they were when you drafted them, you know, whatever, ninth and 20th overall. So that to me is the concerning part is that you're relying on so much youth and they've, they had such like a rotation. I feel like at every single position, they were kind of rotating guys in and out, whether it was safety, defensive line, and not a lot of guys really making an impact. I'm not buying the Houston Texans. I'll say that.
0: I don't think they're going to oh, no. yeah. you know, yeah. this is not- shock the world and win the AFC South. They still have the worst odds to win the AFC South of any team in that division. But I do think you know, against bad football teams, they're going to give them a run for their money. Because they have a lot of veteran talent. I mean, there's a lot of veteran players on this team. Regardless of whether you like the talent or not, it's not a lot of youth. It's not a lot of inexperience. And I think that's going to show up against teams that are inexperienced, like the Jags.
1: Yeah, I mean, week one last year, the Jaguars beat the Colts. Mm-hmm. shit happens yeah, bad yeah. teams yeah. the jets beat the uh who they beat last year they beat a good team last year uh, towards the end of the season gosh they escaped me but so, sometimes shit happens and the browns right was it the Browns? i'm not sure uh, i'll look it can't up Can't remember but actually ended up being two winning teams by the end of the year so that like random things happen in the nfl to me that kind of is what this felt like right out the gate.
0: Random things.
1: I mean, it wasn't all that random to me. I was the one who cashed in
0: on the Houston Texans My line. I saw it coming. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's go ahead and jump now to the NFL Week 2 preview. We're going to break down some storylines for every game, and then you're going to give your deciding factor and picks for this game against the spread. The Giants are going to Washington to play uh, Taylor they beat, Heineke. They beat the Rams and the Browns last year. The Jets did. That's who they beat. Rams and the Browns last year for the New York Jets. Randomness, as you would say. Giants, Daniel Jones is facing off against the Taylor Heineke of the Washington football team. At home, football team favored by three. Where I'd like to start is honestly a high-level question on the New York Giants. How worried should we be about Daniel Jones?
1: I mean, you should have been worried the day they drafted him, honestly. Not not to, like, not to really hammer home this point, but when you're out on a limb as an evaluator, number six overall, when – Every independent media, whatever, is saying this guy is not a sixth overall pick. Like Some people were saying maybe back into the first round, that's where they take him. But when you're on a limb saying sixth overall pick, you should be a little wary uh, when you are disagree with the consensus. Um, And then he showed nothing in two years, in my opinion, to change that. So I I do think that you should be. And the more worrisome thing is that you spend all this money on Kelly and Galladay. use a first-round pick on a wide receiver. He used a first-round pick on a tackle last year. Now Andrew Thomas actually played really well uh, last week. But the situation hasn't gotten to the point where it's incrementally better, where you have what looks like a good situation for him to succeed. He was still under pressure a ton mm-hmm. in this past week's game.
0: Even with Andrew Thomas playing well.
1: Yes. So, I mean, Nate Solder looks like he's not a right tackle. He looks... We're talking about... The sort of the storyline of the season is left tackles flipping to the right side and looking like dog shit. It's happened to a lot of guys. Alejandro Villanueva, Panasoul in the preseason. Now you have Nate Solder. A lot of guys just don't look like they belong on the opposite side line. And so I would be very worried because you're gonna talk yourself into saying we still don't know. And that's a scary place to be heading into year four.
0: I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. 49 combined fumbles and interceptions for Daniel Jones since 2019. The most of any quarterback in the NFL. And I, I say this a lot, too. I think he looks good in games except for these critical mistakes. But he has these critical mistakes more than any quarterback in the NFL. Like yeah. He looks good play to play. And then it's, every time you're coming out, it's like, man, if he just didn't have this play or this play, two or three plays a game, we're like, fuck, what the hell? Yeah. That's Daniel Jones for you, though. That's yeah. the, that that that's what's been the problem with Daniel Jones. I'm going to double down. I didn't I didn't have this one on our prep, but I want to come to you because you mentioned the first round wide receiver. Where are you out on the panic button with Canarius Tony? Guy can't see the field.
1: Few touches in this game. I think he had an end around that went for five yard loss. Like he can't find a target. He's playing on special teams. Well, so he so what? He had COVID and then some nagging injury. I'm not too worried because he was always going to be sort of a project. I said like he. Was a guy who you need to develop rapport with. There's a reason why he didn't produce until his senior year at Florida is because kind of the way he runs routes, who he is as a playmaker, is not your crisp by the book, run a slant at five yards of the calls for a slant at five mm-hmm. yards, sort of thing. So that's always that was always going to take time for him. But to me, it's more. You, ne- you never should have drafted him for Jason Garrett's offense, then. That's Jason Garrett's offense. You yeah. know, Jason Garrett's, I never trusted Jason Garrett to utilize a playmaker like that in a creative fashion. Uh, so that to me was the scarier thing when you did draft him.
0: Moving to the Washington football team, Ryan Fitzpatrick hurt in this game. Taylor is going to start for the foreseeable future. How much, of, how big of a drop off is it from Ryan Fitzpatrick to Taylor Heineke? And do you see with this quarterback injury, and honestly, I would call an underwhelming performance, they were favored over the Chargers in week one them playing themselves into some quarterback jersey swaps in the 2022 mm-hmm. NFL draft. Do you see that happening now that they're hurt at quarterback?
1: No, I think Heineke is still, he's not like a top 30. Obviously, he's a downgrade from Fitzpatrick, I would say. Awesome, looked awesome, obviously, in the playoffs last year, but that is one game. Case Keenum has had games, he's looked awesome. So I'm not ready to crown him, but I will say coming in halfway through a game against the Los Angeles Chargers defense is not a, su- a position to succeed. So I will hold off further judgment uh, until how I see with how he does with a full week practice against the Giants.
0: I had a third storyline prep for this game, but it's actually your deciding factor in this one. What's the deciding factor? I mean
1: it's Nate Solder going up against Montez Sweat. That if he plays basically the way he did last week, it's gonna I will predict not just one Daniel Jones fumble, multiple Daniel Jones fumbles. And it's because he is maybe the most oblivious to pressure quarterback in the NFL. He, he toes that line of you, you never know. It's like, is he actually, you know, impervious to pressure and not feeling it? Or does he not even know it's there at all? Or like not, not reacting to it? Or is he just not even know it's there at all? He's way in the not even, know, not even knows it's there at all sort of line. And that's why he's led league fumbles both years. So I think that this game, that's going to be the deciding factor. I, I, I think, think this to entire to offensive line, so. too,
0: though. I mean, obviously you can highlight the Nate Solder matchup, but I don't think this, this interior is not good either. Again, and the Washington football weaknesses. team have dogs yeah. on the interior. Jonathan Allen was throwing people out the club this past week, even though they obviously said, like I said, underperformed. I, I, I think this Washington defensive line is going to eat the Giants' offensive line alive, and that's mm-hmm. going to be enough for them to win this game. I'm picking them to cover minus three.
1: I will agree with either. Thursday
0: Night Football, we'll see how it goes. We will see how it goes. On to the Las Vegas Raiders going to Pittsburgh and getting five and a half points against the Steelers. I'm going to say my pick now, we'll get to the announcement. I'm taking our Raiders here. Raiders plus five and a half. And and where it starts is this pass rush. The Las Vegas Raiders pass rush, is it legit? Or are the Baltimore Ravens off to tackles giving them false confidence? Because they looked otherworldly. Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe, and even Carl Nassib. We're getting after the Ravens' offensive yeah. tackles. Can this pass rush actually hold up against what is another bad offensive line? Like, this this Steelers' offensive line is terrible. Yeah. Are they going to hold up? And I think this could be – help them cover the number five and a half.
1: Well, so no Yannick Ngakwe in this one. True. He's expected Sorry. Sorry. with no, with the hamstring. So that at least alleviates, you know, the Dan Moore on the left tackle side. Now you do have Chukwuma Korafor go, going up against Max Crosby. He goes by Chukes. Okay, Chukes, Chukes Korafor going up against Max Crosby on the right side. That's, you know. Advantage across Las Vegas. But at the same time, you have Alex Leatherwood going up against TJ Watt. Advantage Watt. Watt. A- in a bigger way, in my opinion. I-, I still have Pittsburgh winning this. Five and a half is a lot. Mm-hmm. But I do just think if we're talking overmatched matchups, I, I-, I think the Raiders' offense line will be... M- more overmatched than the Steelers' line. But I think it's going to be low scoring because there's just not going to be, there's not going to be time for these offenses to operate. Uh, just with how, I mean, the Steelers did not put up a lot of points this past week against the Buffalo Bills defense that they themselves aren't particularly adept at rushing the passer. So I kind of want to lean Pittsburgh even with the points too. Really? But... I'll just say, I'll say Pittsburgh to win. No pick on the points there. No
0: pick on the points. No pick on the points. I do think that this Raiders pass rush will hit home. I also think Big Ben, you know, two of the lowest graded quarterbacks in week one, Aaron Rodgers, I think came in at last and mm-hmm. Big Ben was right there with him. He did not look good in this game. Jeez. And offensively, Steelers offensive line versus the Raiders defensive line, I think is a loss. I think the receivers are going to beat up on what is a bad secondary, but improved from last year. But is Big Ben's, you know, inability to you know play at even an above average level going to keep them the Steelers from being legit this year. They just had a big upset win over Buffalo. If they win this one, they're two and zero. Are we going to get or talk ourselves into the Steelers again on having the best defensive line in football and Big Ben just being propped up by Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, etc.?
1: Yeah, I mean they will. It's going <laughs> to be because this defense is still shit. probably still the best defense in football. If that if not one, it's two. And they and it's because I mean Cam Sutton looked very good at cornerback in his first year, really. Uh, as a full-time starter out there. Um, yeah, I just, as good as the Raiders looked, you know, down the stretch when not, sort of the chips were, oh, the chips were on the line? Shit, I don't even know what An analogy the I block? was going to. I don't know what analogy I was going at there, but for the first three quarters of that game, it didn't. Yeah. You know, they were stifled by the pressure that Ravens were bringing at them. Steelers are going to be doing the same.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a very difficult defense to go against for a Derek Carr that looked really good, specifically in the fourth quarter and overtime, but their receivers were not creating separation to start that game. And their offensive line outside of, I'd say, Colton Colton Miller was struggling yeah. to protect up front. Clayus Campbell was eating Andre James' lunch. Or was it Nick Martin at center? I don't know. <laughs> Regardless, whoever was starting there at center for the Raiders was not playing well. And at right tackle, Leatherwood got beat for a handful of pressures as well. I like the Raiders still to cover. I think their offense is better. I think I would pick the Raiders' offense over the Steelers' offense because I think they have a better quarterback in this matchup. Better quarterback getting points. I'm going to get them covering this number. And I might even sprinkle a little on the money line for my dad back home. Go Raiders, Raider Nation. All right, on to Bills at Dolphins. Dolphins at home, three and a half point dogs against the Buffalo Bills. Biggest takeaway from Josh Allen's week one performance. He was spotty from an accuracy perspective. You know, I think he earned a sub 65.0 grade. Do you expect him to bounce back in a big way against Miami? Or, you
1: know, where do you see him going into year two or week two? My biggest takeaway was we just talked about it, is the Steelers defense. Mm-hmm. It's not that Josh Allen is all of a sudden year one, year two Josh Allen. It's that the Steelers defense is still. Awesome. Steelers defense. That, so that like was Deion Dawkins takeaway. was getting absolutely
0: worked in that yeah. game.
1: So I'm, I'm not too worried. Like that, that, that shit happens. Like it's tough to beat <laughs> good defenses when they're firing on all cylinders. So that to me is the biggest takeaway. Uh, now Miami's defense also very good, and for me the deciding factor in here, Will Fuller, come back. Is he back? Back this game. This oh, a wow. spend Week One. That was it. He's back, and. I reserve the right, though, if they end up benching Liam Meikenberg for Austin Jackson, I reserve the right to switch this pick. Okay. But if Liam Meikenberg's playing left tackle, who looks solid out the gate at newsflash, the position he played in college, I think Miami covers three and a half at home.
0: Can we talk a little bit more about Tua tunga I think there was a lot of hype about him being a bounce-back candidate in Week 1 against a very good Patriots defense, coached by Bill Belichick, I thought was up and down. Had a really ugly interception in that game. What was that? It was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, Tua, Tua. I asked you the same question about Josh Allen, your takeaways, going against good defense. For Tua, is it the same reasons for his bad performance in Week 1? Or are you concerned at all about that Week 1 performance?
1: I'm a little concerned, uh, for sure, because that was kind of like the boneheaded plays like that that's kind of what he's known I don't want to say known for but you want those to go away at some point yeah you know those have to just hey I'm outside the pocket heave it up for grabs like that's rookie stuff like that's that is the stuff that should have been gone by now so yeah that was a little worrisome and it's not like he was under tremendous heat like it, it wasn't it was an untenable situation for him to be succeeding in he just had, when it did come, he was just out to lunch. I, I also, we didn't talk a lot about this on the review
0: episode, but Jalen Waddle looked good. Handful of really insane catches in that game. Looks fast. That's
1: what I'm saying. Waddle, Fuller, and Devontae Parker is just... Kasicki. You can get the ball out of your hands quickly when, when you have those sort of winemakers because there's going to be space underneath. Mm-hmm. You cannot play Buffalo Bills. You got Levi Wallace, who runs a four six two can't play him on the ball like you can't play him tight to the line of scrimmage he is going to have to give up space to those kind of guys mm-hmm. so like you're going to see a lot of quick passes and then kind of the how the Seahawks operate where it's like short underneath short underneath short underneath low you sleep and then bam that thing's going over the top if you don't speed you're not going to be able to hang so that to me is how I would work against this Bill's D
0: so you're picking Miami to win and uh, so then obviously to cover the three and a half yes sir I am taking Buffalo to win and cover the three and a half. I still like, I like the better quarterback in this matchup. I think I see against a not as good defense in Miami, Josh Allen bouncing back in this Buffalo team, taking a win. All right. Saints at Panthers. This was an interesting line. I think this is one of the more egregious lines we have. The Saints, after what was a very convincing win over the Green Bay Packers, are only three-point favorites on the road against Sam and the Carolina Panthers. I think the Saints team goes in and dominates against the Carolina Panthers. This is one of my favorite bets of the week. I'm taking Saints minus three. Saints defensive line is going to eat the Panthers' lunch. And their offensive line against, I would say, a better defensive line than what the Panthers have was holding up so well for Jameis Winston. I think Kamara has a big game. I think this is an easy, easy win for the Saints. I'm a big fan. Let's start with this storyline, though, before you give me your pick. Do you think this Jameis Winston offense is legit? Right now, the Saints win total is up to 10.5 on DraftKings. Their, play- their odds to make the playoffs is minus 175. People are backing the New Orleans Saints. Are you on board?
1: Yeah. I mean, you got a tier one of offensive lines in the NFL, and it's the Browns and the Saints. That's it for my money. Like, th- those two offensive lines will not be overmatched at any point. Like, they just, those two offensive lines can hold up against anybody. When healthy, obviously, the Browns suffered jet- injury to Jeff Willis, but Saints' offensive line should be healthy. The, the scary thing. So, like, that. Your ground game is going to work when you got Alvin Kamara running, and you're going to have time for Jameis. It's not going to look like what it looked like for him in Tampa Bay. Now, that being said, I would feel a lot better about Saints minus three if Marcus Davenport was playing in this game and if Marshawn Lattimore were playing in this game. Both are going to be out, and especially Marcus Davenport, given what the Panthers are throwing out of left tackle. So I still like the Saints minus three but not quite as much as I did prior to that. Maybe it's not the bludgeoning
0: then. Is, are, are you still concerned at all about the Saints receivers? I know we talked about them having maybe the worst receiver in the core in the league with Michael Thomas out, showed up against Green Bay. Is there still as big of a concern with the Saints wideouts?
1: Um, yes. I do think that's – like they, they benefited greatly from the fact that they, they were getting five a pop on the ground every single time. They were getting whatever they wanted and then screen game was working like they were getting anything they wanted underneath they didn't have to hit over the top more than i think once really in that game that they went so i would say that's a concern but i, I don't think the panthers defense is quite to the level though in their front 7 yet to hold up in the run game
0: a lot of people are hyping up Sam Darnold. We didn't talk a ton about the Carolina Panthers and maybe why we're dogging him, but I don't think his performance was all that impressive in week one. I think I'd like to see more from him, but he's in a good position from a receiving core perspective. You know, has one of the best receiving cores in the NFL, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall. Mm-hmm. If he can get time to hit those people open, Big if. Big if that's Big the if. thing. It's, if he can get time to get those people, I mean, have yeah. to get those, let those people get open. I think this offense can put up points, but this offense line is one of the worst in the NFL. And I think that's going to limit Sam Darnold. In addition to Darnold being Darnold and not still being, you know, a yeah. top twenty, top fifteen quarterback in the NFL.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have bigger worries about the Saints issues than I do about Mark Stample and Marshawn Lymore being out. Fair seven. enough. You're a deciding factor in this game. Uh, LASIK Jameis, baby. (laughs) It's the sign factor. Sign factor all year long, baby. Different type of dude. Not just LASIK Jameis, but reeled in Jameis. Like Jameis that doesn't have to drop back and go long every single time. Mm -hmm. His average, lowest average at the target in his career was 10.9 yards down the field. In week one, it was 8.5. Still high, but better. Yes, like a different kind of guy right out the gate. And it's more, it's more just saying that. Back in Tampa Bay, if they were going to win, it was all on Jameis. Mm-hmm. It was, hey, he has to attack, he has to go downfield, he has to take these chances with the football for them to win. Now it's like, hey, you can like play within, you can hit these screens, you can hand it off to the running back, you can do all this stuff, and then you'll only have to hit those, you know, deep posts, those, you know, the deep corners, whatever, three or four times a game, and we win. Mm-hmm. You don't, it's not going to be all on you, and so I think you're going to see a much more reserved. You're not going to see him taking the bad chances that he consistently did with Tampa Bay because it's not going to be completely on him and that arm to push down the field. We're talking
0: about all these bets. Might as well bring it up now. Week one may be over, but this season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a $1 bet on any week two game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. It's, if Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot and millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, and official sportsbook sports betting partner of the nfl must be 21 years or older new jersey indiana or pennsylvania only new customers only minimum five dollar deposit one dollar required one per customer restrictions apply see draftkings.com slash out slash for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or in indiana 1-800-9 with it we are going to be driving through pennsylvania this yes, weekend we as we head to auburn at penn state well, the wideout
1: literally staying in pennsylvania
0: we are staying in pennsylvania i'm going to be hammering DraftKings sportsbook, and I'm going to start with that Saints game over the Sam Darnold led um, Carolina Panthers. T- Texans at Browns. Let's do it. We'll probably move quickly here. Browns are favored by 12 and a half. I, I like the Browns to cover this number. I- I- as good as the Texans looked against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't think they show up the same way. And there are just too many mismatches in this game. Browns defensive line versus Texans offensive line. Their secondary versus receiving core. The Browns' offense is going to roll. I, I could see this one being a blowout, especially at home after a disappointing loss. I think they're going to be biting back in Cleveland.
1: Yes, I I have to agree. I think this offensive line, like Browns' offensive line going up against that Texans D-line is just its going to be a bloodbath. It really is. I don't see how. And they're so good. Kevin Stefanski is so good about scheming around that advantage when he knows he has it and basically varying up that run game to put them in the best position possible to just control the entire game so yeah i think like you said not a lot to die to dissect here 12 and a half give me those points i'll take the browns
0: before we jump to the next game i had this note in here baker mayfield i thought looked incredible against Kansas City chiefs and there was Oof. a there was a late game collapse There was a late game collapse towards the back end but still i thought looked really good to start and it was honestly one of the best games he played Touching through the first three quarters. Where are you at right now with Baker Mayfield? Where do you see him among all quarterbacks in the NFL?
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't just like the, he's not solely, obviously it helps to have that, that talented offensive line. Helps to have that, you know, to not be under pressure. But you could objectively look at the throws he made. The one Anthony Schwartz was right on the money. Schwartz should have not fallen down. It should have been a touchdown. The uh, one, the go route to, uh, gosh, uh DPJ was it the, I think so that was right on like that just perfect placement like it, it wasn't just that he had guys open he's putting the ball exactly where it needs to be like his accuracy is still very high level for for having a good situation like you, you, when things aren't going to be great and, and now he doesn't have great separators at receiver right now with Odo Beckham out uh, he still can produce on his own I think Rams at Colts,
0: Colts are three and a half point dogs at home. And honestly, I'm all in on Los Angeles covering this three and a half number. Matthew Stafford, highest graded quarterback off play action in week one. I think this offense is sustainable even with the losses they've had at running back. Like this is going to be one of the better offenses in the NFC. And you continue to see time and time again, these stars on the Rams defense, even without brand Staley are stars. Jalen Ramsey continues to look like the best quarterback in the NFL. Aaron Donald gives that defensive line an edge against any offensive line, even going against Quentin Nelson and company. I think this
1: Rams team rolls against Indy. Yeah. What I I did, my panic meter for the teams that really kind of look flat week one. And obviously the Colts, yeah, they lost by, you know, 11 when it was all said or 12 when it was all said and done. But they look flat. Like, they were down 28 to 10 in the fourth quarter. Could not move the ball offensively. And they were third on the list. Falcons and Bears, the only teams ahead of them in terms of teams that I'm just like, damn, they, it could go south this year. The Colts, with that, until Eric Fisher is there, it's going to be ugly with Julian Davenport. And, and now the thing is, the the strength of your offensive line there is your interior but I don't care who you are. you still not blocking Aaron Donald. Like, mm-hmm. it's still not – he's still going to be beaten up on Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, those get Mark Lewinsky. So uh, I do think that Carson Wentz might be under even more pressure than he was last week, and that is a scary proposition with how that looked. So, yeah, I'm going to lean with you there and go Rams. Well.
0: This is a very tough game for a Colts team with a lot – like you said, with the panic button within reach to bounce back because yeah. it's going against such a good defense, and this offense looks like a juggernaut. And I think
1: even as good as this Colts defense is, I think they're going to struggle, man. I think Matthew Stafford's going to roll it up. I do think if there's a silver lining or like what I would be hopeful for as is Colts is that, yeah, Rams looked good last week. They're playing a Bears team that hapless, hapless in the secondary at this point. Colts have a, l- a few more options. So I do think that it, it won't, the Rams offense won't look as sweet as it did quite last week. Hard to look sweeter. Hard to look this sweeter. True. Speaking of
0: the Bears, the Bengals go to Chicago... Coming off a big win. I was walking by homeless people outside my apartment. They were screaming, who'd in my face? They were excited for this Bengals team, baby. No, all smiles here in Queen City. They are two-and-a-half-point dogs to the Chicago Bears. Let's start with Joe Burrow. This offense ranked 20th in EPA per play in Week 1, and I didn't think Joe Burrow looked all that impressive outside of maybe that throw to Jamar Chase. A low average depth of target, a very conservative offense overall. Can they improve enough – to where they're favored in some of these games, favored against one of the worst defenses in the NFL? Like are, or are the Cincinnati Bengals going to be consistently like trying to punch up and, and and play as as big dogs?
1: Yeah, I mean, their offensive line, like the interior still looked like an issue. Like I said, going in, it was going to be an issue. It still looked like a problem. And against the Bears defense, it's not going to get any easier. You know, So I, I do think every game is going to kind of be a dogfight offensively for them. Like it's going to be... Sack sack, maybe big play because mm-hmm. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins can get open, man. They, those guys were very impressive week one. One of the biggest sort of eye openers was just how those guys can basically get open at will, but th- they got to go more, like I said, with the Titans kind of on the review show. You, you got to get more max protection and let those guys go to work. Mm-hmm. Give those guys the opportunities because trying to get CJ Uzama out in a route ain't gonna do much for you. You know, trying to get Drew uh, Sample. Drew Sample. Joe Mixon out and around like, sure, that can be a five, six-yard game. You need explosive plays with how this offense is set up right now, and that's going to be T. Higgins, Jamar Chase.
0: Am I crazy to think that this Bengals defense looked good in week one? I mean, we talked a lot about the defensive line on the review show, but I think this Bengals defense, specifically up front, we talked about B.J. Hill, D.J. Reader, Like, I think they're going to hold their own against Chicago. And I think it's going to continue to be not the one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I think Lou Anarumo – Maybe not coaching his way to saving his job, but I think they have enough talent now. Secondary is depleted. That's scary. But up front, I think they're going to create pressure and stop the run. I think that's enough for this Bengals defense. Last thing I'll have the, here. The B.J.
1: Hill trade was an absolute fleecing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. If fleecing, Giants, were, it was, were, we're in desperation. So to get a starting defensive tackle, not just start, a, a quality starting defensive tackle for a backup offensive lineman is an absolute W, like yeah. 10 times out of 10, especially with the way this Bengals defensive tackle group looked last year. So a different unit stepping in in 2021 than what we saw in 2020.
0: This Bears defense, horrendous. Offense with Andy Dalton without hope. Bottom three offensive line. Right now on DraftKings, they're projected...
1: Say how six... you really feel right now.
0: <laughs> Number one overall pick, odds. They don't have it on DraftKings, I look. They're projected right now at six and a half wins. I'm kind of leaning the under... Is this Bears team? Where would you put them right now? Where, where's your power ranking for the Bears in the NFL? Bottom five, bottom. I mean, this is a bad Bears team. The defense is not even a strength anymore. And I like Khalil Mack and I like Akeem Hicks, but still. Yeah,
1: I mean, bottom eight is your like floor or your bet, the worst you could do. Twenty, twenty, you know, fifth in the NFL is about as high as you could feasibly have them right now. With as long as you're starting Andy Dalton. Yeah, I'm
0: taking the Bengals plus two and a half. And I think I am they as win well. this game.
1: I think they win this game. Yeah, I think they Green win this too game. Much, yeah.
0: Alright. Yeah, we are. That's true. It's terrible for content. We well, got this next one, one. we got different. 49ers at Eagles. 49ers, three and a half point dogs on the road at Philly. I praised the Eagles after beating up, beating to a pulp this Falcons team, specifically in the trenches. That's where they looked most spectacular, like their defensive line and offensive line outright dominated mm-hmm. against Atlanta. And I think, do you see that same level of dominance in the trenches against San Francisco?
1: No, I mean, they're not going to dominate, but that's, what for, that's the 49ers game, too. Like, it is going to be an equal footing there on both sides of the line. Like, they're not going to There's – can't really give – like, that's how the 49ers win football games is they run the ball at will against you, and they are going to get pressure anytime it's a passing situation. I don't think that's going to be the case in this one. Really? So then, you know, go lean to the supporting cast. 49ers secondary is tough mm-hmm. without Jason Barrett. And Emmanuel Mosley is battling a knee injury. Yeah, so they are – they, they, they tried to call the Vikings to get Cam Dantzler uh, was the report today. Uh, the Vikings said, go kick rocks. Um, that's how bad it's over, getting over there in San Francisco. They're begging people for help, uh, probably in Richard Sherman's DMs as we speak right now. But I, I, with that in mind, like I, I, I like the Eagles in this one. I, I think they're evenly matched. Eagles like to said, win and cover? Scrimmage. I like the Eagles. Well, uh, Definitely to cover. I'll say to win, too. They're at home. Wow. Eagles to
0: win and cover. You're bigger on the Eagles than I was, and I was praising them on the review show. I, I, have, I was
1: I hand up. I underestimated him going into season.
0: I have the San Francisco 49ers winning and covering the three and a half. I think they are the better football team, and I think, yes, it's on the road. Yes, it's the cross-country trip but I think they have the better the better quarterback in this one. I think Jimmy G looked good in week 1. I think this offense rolls. And I think offensively, they're not going to get dominated in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And defensively, they won't either. So, I think that'll be enough for them to win this game and cover the number. All right. Broncos at Jaguars. Jaguars at home, 6-point dogs against Teddy Two Gloves and the Denver Broncos. How far they've fallen after being 3-point favorites on the road against Houston. I'll be honest with you, Mike. We can get in the analysis. I like Denver minus 6, dude. I think Denver wins this game. Handedly, they win by a touchdown again. And the reason, this defense looked phenomenal in week one. Von Miller looked like vintage Von Miller. Right now, DraftKings has their projection at 10.5 wins for the Broncos. Broncos are projected at 10.5 wins after a week one win. Minus 120 to make the playoffs. And I think it's that good. Teddy Two Gloves looked fantastic, specifically out of structure, which is better than what anyone gave him credit for. I think they're going to exceed expectations. Judy injury obviously sucks, but I still think they have enough to win.
1: So when I said earlier, I was like the – Steelers are at least one or two in the NFL. The first team that came to mind of who could be one was this Denver Broncos team, just with the talent there. And it's not even just Von Miller and Bradley Chubble on that defensive line. Shelby Miller, one of the most, Shelby Harris, excuse me, one of the most underrated defensive tackles in the league. Draymond Jones has been improving each year, also very underrated at this point. Like, they are every single level fairly loaded. And you have, you know, one of our favorite defense coordinators in Vic Fangio, obviously, uh, calling the plays there so yeah i i think this is going to be a difficult about as difficult as it gets like i said maybe outside of pittsburgh test for trevor lawrence and we saw the opposite side of the ball for the jaguars i i, I don't like them it's just, i just don't like them it's, I, don't, I don't like what they're doing <laughs> defensively <laughs> i'll just say it i just i don't love the way their talent's developing e- either so yeah, give me the give me Denver minus six. Denver minus six On the win. Road. Vic
0: Fangio is going to be in his bag against Trevor Lawrence in this Jaguars offense. How the hell does does Trevor Lawrence and this Jags offense write the ship, or can they even in year one with Urban Meyer?
1: I, I, like I said, I think the talents there, and it didn't look awful. Like besides the picks, I don't think Trevor Lawrence was really. I, I didn't think it was a bad start. Like if you throw away the two those two picks, and it's like okay, I will throw away the two picks, but I thought he was three picks. Excuse me. Three picks, but the two really bad ones. If you throw away those two ones, I I didn't think it was awful, but obviously two picks is very indicative. But he had to throw the whole game, basically. It was all on him. That's always going to be a tough scenario out the gate. So I do think it, it will improve there for him. Patriots at
0: Jets. Jets at home, six-point dogs to the visiting New England Patriots. Mac Jones in week one won Rookie of the Week for PFF. Um, was an absolute stud. And working in – I love Bill Belichick doing this. In the preseason, the New England Patriots ran the lowest percentage of 12 personnel of any team. Mm-hmm. In week one, the highest percentage in the NFL. Flip the script. They bring John o. Smith and Hunter Henry on. I thought they looked very good. 16th in EPA per play for a rookie quarterback out of the gate against a very good Brian Flores-led defense. I like how they looked. I know they didn't come away with the win. I thought there were a lot of positives there. Mac Jones, I like them winning this one. I got them beating the Jets and covering minus six. Oh,
1: man. I I just, I hate, I'd hate betting this one because of the variance that is two rookie quarterbacks going up against each other, you know? And I do love the Patriots offensive line, but I also love the Jets defensive line's ability to stop the run. Mm -hmm. So this one's tough. I think I'd like the Patriots to win. I don't think I'd like the Patriots to cover six. I think it could still be a close game, obviously, with the Jets at home. So it would feel better if they had the big ticket playing left tackle. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll say I'll say Patriots to win, Jets to cover.
0: I think Zach Wilson is going to be struggling big time behind this offensive but yeah, line. But Bill
1: Belichick, I mean, it's, it's two great defensive mindset going against mm-hmm. each other. It's, it's like, do you think Belichick's going to scheme a better game plan for – Zach Wilson, or you think Salah's going to scheme a better game plan for Mac Jones. It's like, I, I I think that is in and of itself is almost a wash, but obviously the Patriots probably have better personnel on that side of the ball. A couple more
0: questions here. The Jets' defense didn't look terrible in week one. No, oh, yeah. I mean,
1: I, and I think a lot of people were writing them off.
0: I think I've heard so many analysts say, can you name a Jets corner? Can you defensive name a Jets corner? Good. Like their defensive line is good, even without Carl Lawson. And in the secondary, some of those guys showed up. Like they weren't completely embarrassed on the back end. Last one on this one. Right now, New England Patriots are plus one twenty-five to make the playoffs, and their win totals at eight and a half wins. Where are you sitting on those
1: two bets? Eight and a half, I th- on, over. We said that at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still think Bill Belichick doesn't lose a lot of games. You know, he's, mm-hmm. there's a reason he's Bill Belichick. I, I don't care that he doesn't have Brady anymore. He still knows what the hell he's doing.
0: Uh, before we get to the Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is going to read off our favorite. Not our favorite, but one of our one of our favorite sponsors here, the new partners at Tailgate, Homefield Apparel. Homefield Apparel is a premium collegiate brand uh, out of Indianapolis. Incredibly comfortable. Officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. Homefield is in the middle of big new Saturday, season two, where they launch a new school collection every Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern for 16 weeks straight. They just recently released Georgia, North Carolina, and Florida, and they'll be releasing West Virginia this Saturday. We're going to West Virginia this year. We might have to cop some gear. And if we do, we're going to use promo code PFF for 15% off your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com. That is promo code PFF for 15% off. Get ready for college football tailgate season. The Bucs are favored by 12.5 points against a very bad, obviously, Falcons team. I like the Bucks to cover. I, I think they might blow this team, this team out. And they're at home. Only 12.5-point favorites home. The Buccaneers were like 9.5, 10-point favorites over the Cowboys. Like I am all in on this line. I love this line. I think the Bucks cover this number, and it's not even close.
1: Yeah, I I love the line too for the Bucks. I was, it's just what answer, what what recourse do the Falcons have to stop this Bucks offense? You know, we've talked about how that's so difficult with all they throw at you. You have to be able to take something away. What can they take away? Is the problem I see going in this game? And I'll I'll say it now: Tom Brady might not have a pressure drop back if he gets pressured five times in this game I'll be floored just having watched that Falcons defensive line last week so when that's the case yikes like yikes
0: I, I don't know how this line's only 12 and a half and I know it's scary in the NFL for lines to get bigger than 14 big, yeah. in these things but still like
1: but I think the, the NFL's Bucs trending don't... trending towards that not being as big a Like people put up points now. Yeah. Put up and when you can't stop teams like if this Bucks team
0: doesn't cover twelve and a half, I'm not even saying it doesn't win. If they don't cover twelve and a half, something disastrous is going to have to happen because like I don't know where the Falcons show up here. I don't know where the Falcons show up. Like they're going to have to look like a completely different team than they did against the Philadelphia Eagles. Like a completely different team.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: The offensive line, defensive line, both horrible. Where do you think this Falcons team can write the ship? Defensively, I don't see them crawling up too much. Is it this Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan connection? Because that's all anyone's talking about in the fantasy community. Does that help them right the ship? Does that help them keep in games? Or is that even not even enough?
1: No, I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I really don't think it is. Um, obviously, that'd be nice to see going forward. It'd be room for encouragement, but I, I still don't think there's any. They were number one on my panic meter for, like I said, yeah. after week one. There's just a lot of issues on this roster. I I think they're
0: number one in everyone's panic meter. The fact that that line is at 12 and a half. All right, Vikings at Cardinals. Uh, This is one game that I I, I think I said this for the Denver Broncos-Giants game last week. I don't think I want to bet this game. I think Cardinals are favored by four at home. If I had to bet it, I'd take the Cardinals minus four with how good they looked, specifically how good Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins looked and how bad the Vikings looked. But again, you rightfully so, hyped up the Minnesota Vikings as this you know high-performing team, a team that should go over their win total, should make the playoffs. Should we go that far off our priors before
1: we go into this game? That's why I'm picking the Vikings in this one. Mm-hmm. And it's it's because I think it's swung before the season, this line, where it would a pick them? Would, I would have guessed something like a pick. And for one week to swing it that far when it's not like a big injury occurred, it's not like there's a player that's really... Uh, you know out that would be impactful I think they are kind of the teams we thought it just one team played really well week one one team kind of played like ass and so I'll still lean Minnesota here I thought they were the better team going into the year I do worry that Christian Derisaw may not play this year with that core muscle whatever that's been nagging him since a uh, nagging injury since January of this year and that the offensive line didn't look a lick improved from last year that's still worrisome but I'll just say P- Patrick Peterson revenge game. That's why I like Minnesota in this one. He was pissed. He was pissed at the Cardinals for how things ended there in Arizona. The mm-hmm. think he plays. You like them to cover, not to win. I like both. Wow. There you go. One thing there.
0: One last thing I had for you. Cardinals defense this past week against Todd Downing's Tennessee Titans. First in EPA per play. Was the most impressive, most efficient defense of any team in week one. Is that... A fact or fiction? Can you expect this, you know, this this Cardinals team to continue to have you know a top of the line defense, or against better offenses, this thing's going to fall?
1: Yeah, they can get after quarterbacks. That helps a lot. Mm-hmm. That mitigates a lot of issues on the back end. The confidence to to jump on a double move when you know you'll have time, or you when you know that if it is a double move, your passer is going to get home, is invaluable for a cornerback. Yeah. That being said, I, I still think there are issues in this secondary, it's still not as good as they you know, survived against Tennessee and that you're facing a damn good group of wide receivers here this week, too.
0: Titans at Seahawks. Speaking of Todd Downing. Oh no, go in. Seahawks are five and a half point favorite. I'm not going to go in. I already said what I had to say. Todd Downing called a terrible game. He called a terrible game in week one. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones didn't have a target until deep into the second quarter and they ran the lowest rate of play action of any team in the NFL. That is a terrible game. Mm-hmm. I don't care about game script at all. That is a bad game this one, they're traveling to Seattle. Seattle's five-and-a-half-point favorites. And Seattle's offensive coordinator is calling quite the opposite. Tuttle play action, getting shots open to Tyler Lockett down the field. Chris Carson playing really well. The Seattle defensive line you talked about was one of the more impressive performances in Week 1. I like Seattle to win and cover the number. I have no faith in Tennessee right now.
1: I do love Shane Waldron's offense, man. What he brought over and just the way they looked against Indianapolis. It, it was... It was kind of, it was, it was money ball offense. It was dink and dunk, dink and dunk, hit you, pop you over the top. It, it was take take what's there, take what's there, home runs. It was like it was like the NBA version of layups and three-pointers. Um, and that's the personnel that they have there is to do that, is going to succeed with that. And that's where Russell Wilson succeeds. So, man, I do love it, but I do think it is a tad bit of an overreaction line. Just a touch. Mm-hmm. That being said, I still like Seattle to win. Cover, five and a half. Yeah, I'll pick them to cover that too.
0: I don't think any team in PFF's power rankings fell further after week one than Tennessee. Tennessee took a massive spill after week one and after what we saw. And a lot of me wants to continue to fade this Titans team. I If they cover this number, it would impress me. Like I said, I'm taking Seattle minus five and a half. I think Seattle wins this game. But starting out 0-2, you, you see those stats all the time about these 0-2 starts and how difficult it is to get in the playoffs after that skid. It's a 17-game season now. The math changes. But, man, this Titans team faces you know, a tough schedule for the rest of the year I, 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 outside of their division. I, I'm interested yes, to see – I'm I'm interested to see – I still think they're the favorite. They are the market favorite to win the division, and I would still pick them to win the division. But people talking about Super Bowl there with you know, Julio Jones wearing the number two and stuff. I don't know. I think Todd Downing might be holding the cape back. All right, Cowboys at Chargers. This is, I think is going to be one of the best games of the weekend. This game is going to be freaking phenomenal. Chargers are fade by three in L.A. at SoFi. How far SoFi? Justin Herbert looking like the real deal. Chris Collinsworth was talking to me recently about how good he looked. He's in the office today. Like I, I really do. I, I said this on the review show. If I came out of week one with any, you know, any like legitimate confidence, no overreaction, I think this Los Angeles Chargers team is legit. Yeah. I think Brandon Staley is legit. He's plus one thousand to win Coach of the Year. I think Derwin James is back when healthy. Plus sixteen hundred to win Defense Player of the Year. I am all in on this Chargers team. I'll say it right now. I'm all in.
1: Yeah, uh, the biggest, I think, deciding factor here is does Randy Gregory play and does Demarcus Lawrence play? Demarcus Lawrence isn't playing. He's not. For sure. I don't think I, not foot. for
0: sure. But from all I've seen so far, don't quote me. I don't know for sure, but from so, what all I've seen
1: so far, it does not look fucking good. Foot injury Wednesday at practice. Yeah. Randy Gregory on the COVID list. Both those guys don't play. They don't touch Justin Herbert. It is, they're 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 having a repeat of last week where it's like, hey, we gotta we better score every goddamn time we touch the ball or else we're in trouble. And they lucked out by forcing a few you know, key turnovers, a few you know, lucky turnovers, even you might say. But that's what's going to take for them to win, in my opinion, this game. So I like the Chargers.
0: Looking at Michael Gelkin, Dallas Cowboys reporter, he's saying there is real concern about Cowboys defensive end DeMarcus Lawrence's availability for the Chargers on Sunday. Suffered a foot injury on Wednesday. I, I do think there's going to be some concern. I do think there's going to be some concern. Yeah. I'll say. All right. That would suck. Uh, the other thing I have here, I've always obviously, obviously professed my love for the Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert, Brandt and company.
1: Any interest? You got to play. I will just say this. Those guys are out. You got to play Michael Parsons, defensive end.
0: Yes, it's your only chance.
1: I like that. That's your only chance of getting pressure on the court. And then you could put your Bill Cox on the field. I mean, you have linebacker depth. That's you the know? thing. You got linebacker for days. You obviously might even just start Michael Parsons. Like if you didn't want him to be obviously a linebacker of the future, that's where you draft him. But dude, I mean, put Tristan Wirfs in a spin. spin Rashawn cycle.
0: Slater versus Michael Parsons would it, be, be absolutely awesome. incredible. Can we see just a little bit? Just uh, a little bit. That, Who are you taking in this game? Get, Did though? I miss your pick?
1: On third downs, they literally have to have him coming at the passer. If that's your best pass rusher. Uh, I'm taking the charges, though, if that really is the case. No Herbert. Unfortunate me, no for no the Herbert.
0: Dallas Cowboys, as much as I hyped them up after week one, going down 0-2 is going to be a struggle. They are in a bad division. I I said this before the show, and I told you this. The best bet in the NFL right now, even with this loss, and maybe you wait for them to lose to the Chargers and then bet it, they're plus 135 to win the division. Plus That plus 135 to win this division. I don't see Washington win this with Taylor Heineke under center. I don't see um, Philadelphia Coming back, they're plus two fifty, uh, and uh I don't obviously I don't see the Giants winning this one, so I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to see people countering that bet. I, I like plus one thirty five, and as we drive through Pennsylvania, they are this currently weekend, in last
1: place. So stop, Just stop saying stop stop. They are
0: all right. Before we get to Chiefs at Ravens. Western Southern, proud sponsor of the Tailgate Podcast. In these uncertain times, life is full of questions. Like when should I start thinking about life insurance? But however difficult these questions may be, Western Southern can help you answer them. Backed by over 130 years of experience, together we can look ahead to leave the unknown behind. Western Southern Financial Group, life insurance, retirement, and investments. On to last few games here: Chiefs at Ravens, Sunday Night Football. Chris going to be calling the game. Ravens are three and a half point dogs at home, and honestly, I am a huge fan of KC in this game. I like KC minus three and a half. I'm not. And I don't even think this is an overreaction to what we had. I, I I think this Chiefs team is going to beat up on teams that, um, you know, more often than not. And I think Ravens are in line next.
1: Yeah, it's the Ravens tackles. That's terrifying. And it was, it was to the point where uh, Alejandro wave at right tackle. It, it doesn't matter who goes against him. You know, like he's going to lose. Like it. It doesn't matter if it is. And now whoever it is for the Chiefs, he's going to be losing just because he is not comfortable on the right side. So that, to me, is a scary thing. And then Ryan Stanley did not look like Ryan Stanley. Did not look back healthy uh, after what he tore his ACL last year. I believe that, that to me is like the, the, it's difficult to run a consistent offense when your tackles are that bad. Tackles are pass protection. Yeah. So when you have to score 70-ish percent of your drives to beat the Chiefs, and you have those tackles. I, I just I don't see it, man. I don't see it. Chris Jones lining up at
0: edge too. He's going to be eaten. Oh, yeah. against Stanley and Alejandro Villanueva. One more question here. You like the Chiefs minus three and a half? Panic button on the Ravens could start out the season zero and two. Browns look like a juggernaut. Where are you? Where are you at with the Ravens right now?
1: Yeah it's it's worth it's worth hovering over it. That was a game where you really had to come out with it. But I. It, and because your division is going to be not, there's not going to be an easy, there's no layup in there. You can go, it could go, you know, two and four in your division. That wouldn't even be a surprise. So definitely hovering.
0: Last game, Monday night football should be a barn burner. Detroit lions at the Green Bay Packers Packers favored by 11 and a half. I, I'll we say, finally that. get to see the Packers play a game of football. Oh yeah. <laughs> I excited. can't wait. I can't wait. I'll, I'll say this. This is a big bounce back week.
1: After they, took the Green week one off, after they took week one off they took know, bye bye week, week one off took a bye week you get to rest up you know not try too hard not worry about the fourth quarter that was great so now they should be fresh you get a full week to prepare for the lions 11 and a half point line i don't even want to make a pick here i, I can't do this i can't fair this is this is all this don't make a that, pick that then don't that make game, a pick. that was one of the most demoralizing games from start to finish that i've seen as a packer fan in my 31 years of being a Packers fan 31 Congratulations. I forgot you're 31. All right. uh,
0: I'm taking Green Bay minus 11.5. I think this is a bounce-back game for every single person in a Green Bay Packers uniform, including yourself, if you wear the jersey again. The bigger question for me is there's two left tackle questions coming up for these teams. Mm. Taylor Decker coming back from injury. What do they do about Panay Sewell? And then Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari coming back from injury. Obviously, that one's Uh, a little bit more interesting because David Bakhtiari is awesome. Yeah. Where where would you lean with both
1: those decisions? Because you've talked a big game about Elton Jenkins. Elton can you just play a right tackle. He looked good at right tackle too. That mm-hmm. guy has played. So he played left tackle was actually the problem, or was going to should have been the problem mm-hmm. for him because he had played more right tackle than left tackle in college. But I think the fact that he played center and center, your footwork is varied, your hand usage is varied with how you're sliding and whatnot compared to tackle to where that you could basically play anywhere on the offensive line to be good so i think it's pretty easy david bakhtiari slots in at left tackle elton jenkins kicks over to the right side those are your tackles slam signing elton jenkins i mean elton
0: jenkins my goodness
1: yes now lions a lot tougher there that one i don't know what the fuck to do because you should th- you have two very good tackles i mean how penny sewell looked out the gate for that to be your first start as a rookie tackle in the nfl He's going to be damn good at left tackle. Now, is he going to be good at right tackle? TBD. You would hope so in time. You have, you know, 4 or 5 years to develop it. I think it it should theoretically happen, but I don't but you know he's good at the left side. That's where he drafted him. That's where he played at Oregon. That's where he looked good week 1. Looked like shit right tackle. Now, Taylor Decker though, you have him signed through 2024. He is not like he's He's already the what you wanted when you draft a tackle in the first round. Like that is, congrats, you hit the lottery. Not the lottery, but like that, it was a successful pick. You have a very good left tackle. So do you try risk screwing him up, flipping him to the right side? If me, being how I feel about it, I, know Penny Sewell's, I call him one of the best tackle prospects I've ever seen. I'd keep Penisuel at left tackle and say, hey, Taylor, we're paying you a lot of money. Be a professional here. Let's work on that kick slide on the right.
0: Some people were saying I saw on Twitter, like why they even pick him. And maybe they should have passed on him if they wanted to play him at right tackles. That I feel like that's kind of out that's reaching. I don't if he's that good, I still take him regardless of where I plan to play him at left or right tackle. But like, do you think they should have
1: avoided him because they knew they had to play him at right? No. I I think I disagree with that, especially with where the Lions are as a franchise. You don't pass on if you think that guy's the most talented player and far and away. And Shit, I did it at that point in the draft. Pick them, so.
0: Yeah. All right, that's off of the NFL Week 2 preview. The one thing I'll add on the Cowboys game, we are speculating on what injury the DeMarcus Lawrence had and whether or not he played. Just confirmed by 106.5, 106, 105.3, the fan, broken foot for DeMarcus Lawrence. So he's definitely not playing Oof. in Sunday's game. We'll be out for the foreseeable future. That is a huge blow for a guy that... Dominated against Tristan Wurst in the really well. week one. That that
1: sucks to see. Absolutely <laughs>
0: sucks to see. All right, we're on to our college football week three primer. This is where we're going to look. Still like
1: at- Cowboys plus one twenty five.
0: Yeah, I still do. No. Demarcus Lawrence not changing that line, and it's plus one thirty five. They
1: dropped Michael Parsons down to defensive end. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. That, that do I don't think that's stupid. I think you should tweet that right now. You got the time. Yeah. Send it. Send it.
1: I like I like him at linebacker, though, too. Oh, wow. You're a piece
0: of shit. All right. College football week three primer. We're going to look at some games to watch, some prospects to watch, some matchups to watch, and then our trivia six-pack at the back end there. Let's only do three questions, though. Three questions and then the personal questions. Trivia's too long, man. No, trivia's fine. All right. Fine. All right. All right. Well, then we'll go to college football week three primer. Cincinnati at Indiana, 12 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. It's a big game. For a Cincinnati team that's trying to make college really football playoff. Yeah. They're four-point favorites on the road against Michael Penix and the Indiana Hoosiers. The prospects to watch in this one, Majay Sanders, defensive end for Cincinnati. You also have Ahmad Garner, or a.k.a. Sauce Garner, quarterback for Cincinnati. People will also bring up Desmond Ritter,
1: the quarterback yeah. for Cincinnati, but also... Because he won't face too many... Like, Indiana, yeah. as whatever, as bad as they've been, he's not going to face a lot of top defense. And so.
0: for Indiana, the name I highlighted here was Ty Freifogel, who's going to be going
1: head-to-head with Ahmad Garner. I think that's the matchup to watch. That's the matchup to watch, for sure. And take those points for Cincinnati. Gosh, they are just a far better team. I don't care if they're on the road.
0: Really? You like them over Indiana, four points? Yeah. Wow, I like it. That's hot. That's hot. Purdue at Notre Dame. I'm trying to give you a game for every slate, and every hour, every part yeah. of the college football Saturday. Purdue at Notre Dame. Notre Dame favored by seven and a half. If that was at six and a half, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think they are they play at 2.30 on Saturday. Prospects to watch, George Karloftis defensive end for Purdue. David Bell also created really well in week two in college football, the wide receiver for mm-hmm. Purdue. And then in Notre Dame, you're looking right at Michael Mayer, who Brian Kelly called one of the best tight ends he have ever coached, and Kyle Hamilton, the most versatile player Brian Kelly has ever coached. This is going to be the players to watch for Notre Dame. And also, I think Notre Dame, to prove they're not fraudulent, I want to see a blowout here.
1: Uh, well, you'll have to keep waiting. I, I don't think we see a blowout. Uh, I, I, do, I am worried about this Notre Dame defense. So, seven and a half points is a lot to me. But, George Karloftis, Notre Dame, not the offensive line that was walked through the door last year, but still a lot of pro style concepts, a lot of pro pass blocking. You'll get a good handle on what Karloftis can do.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm probably most excited to watch Karloftis in that yeah. matchup. Um, We'll be rooting for Jeff Brown and Purdue, though. I am on it. I'm on it. I hey, want to see Notre Dame fall. Hey, I you, want buddy. to see them fall. We're not friends. Alabama at 330. I guess I kind of cheated on that slate. But they play Florida. They're 15-point <laughs> favorites on the road. There's a ton of prospects. Anytime, Still prospects. Yeah, anytime Alabama plays, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're a team to watch. Because you know got John Mechie going against Kyir Elam. Kyrie Elam, by the way, an otherworldly start to this season. He is playing like a monster. It looks really physical for Florida, the cornerback they have there. Um, CB2 for us. CB2. Some other uh, names to know, Zachary Carter and Brenton Cox going against the man, the myth, the legend, the monster. I'm going to throw a monster in there too, Evan Neal, who yeah. has been
1: another guy that started off really well. Carter is the one I really want to see against Neal. So Zachary Carter having sort of a breakout kind of year. Um, he's about 290 pounds, 6'4", 290. He's a big boy, wins with power. So it's a lot of beef meeting up when hmm. he'll go up against Evan Neal.
0: I like that. Last one here, Emory Jones versus Alabama D. Are you sure you're not going to see some Anthony Rich?
1: As I was gonna say, for as long as you do see Emery Jones, you'll get uh you'll get a good handle on what he's really bringing to the table, which may not be much.
0: Also, I am betting the South Carolina Game Cox plus thirty one and a half against Georgia. And I love Georgia. Georgia's the second best team in the country. Seven o'clock start. I I you like still some, love Georgia's offense. I don't love Georgia's offense. I think South Carolina comes in, you know, they have one they have a lot of talent on the defensive line. Georgia's offensive line is in, and it's not just Kingsley and Agbari. They have a lot of talent along the defensive line. I think this is going to be, hopefully, because I don't want to watch a blowout at seven. Hopefully, well, we're going to be watching Auburn-Penn State. We're going to Penn State. But still, South Carolina-Georgia, i like them to cover 31.5, and I also want to watch
1: Kingsley and Agbari versus Jamari Saylor for the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, and Jordan Strong mm-hmm. as well. The Georgia State transfer, I want to say. I'm probably getting that wrong. But mm-hmm. the transfer, those two ends there for South Carolina are Problems. So those will be good matchups.
0: couple more games here. Coastal Carolina versus Buffalo. Grayson McCall. Low key sc- matchup here. Low key.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. Which I sorry. love to see.
0: Grayson McCall, highest graded quarterback in the FPS from a clean pocket so far this year. Also running the football well for Coastal Carolina. Jamie Chadwell to USC. You heard her here first. That'd be sick. That would be sick. He, his offense is it's cool. Innovative. It's a hashtag fun to watch.
1: <laughs> You're not wrong. You ain't Dude, lying we that. have
0: some great fun to watch. Us, oh, by we do way. have the... a good.
1: We had a chock full. Oh my goodness. Can't wait. Can't but, wait for next week. All right. Isaiah likely versus Gaddafi, right? For Buffalo the tight end, Isaiah likely could be a day two tight end athlete. Uh, obviously not much of an inline blocker plays a lot, splits out wide a lot for them, but Gaddafi, right? He's playing more. He was their overhang linebacker for the past couple of years, playing more traditional linebacker this year. Fast would be, I'd say he runs about a four six six four two thirty. probably yeah. going to run that range. Fan of both those guys. So that is a good matchup to watch. they two draftable. The process. game will be at the game of the weekend. Yes, sir. White out. wearing are wearing white. White out season for it. Got the tailgate hat on too.
0: Oh, I see. I do yeah. too. Check me. Love it. <laughs> All right. Auburn versus Penn State. Roger McCreary going to get Jahan Dotson. Then you get Derek Hall, Rasheed Walker. I also think Tank Bigsby. He's not in the 2022 NFL draft. I get that. But I am so excited to see Tank Bigsby against this Penn State. I think Auburn wins this game. I think they're four point dogs on the road in the wideout. It's going to be a freaking movie. I think it's going to be a movie. I think Steven Spielberg showing up because I'm excited for Auburn to win this game.
1: Yeah, uh, the matchup, Dotson versus Creary, will be a hashtag fun to watch one. Those guys, Dotson, crafty, kind of undersized route runner, McCreary, little undersized himself for a corner, but that'll be that'll be one that'll be one they'll go back to tape. And the last one, Carson Strong versus Kent State. This is his last one, his last Power Five matchup of the season. Nevada quarterback check him out big for his eval all the other games probably gonna be playing like 1045 so this
0: is on the you're gonna want (laughs) to turn on going against Kansas State take a look Carson Strong Kansas State shall we get to trivia let's go Mike Quinn you have the questions
2: I do uh in full transparency I have not really looked at these yet so if I flub one just bear with me we we Mm -hmm. embrace the flub all right you guys ready Yes. yes all right Number one, a couple weeks ago, we learned that Eli Manning was the last QB picked first overall to win a Super Bowl by the year he was drafted. Who was the last QB picked first overall to win a Super Bowl by the year he won the Super Bowl? Do you guys get what I'm saying?
1: I have no fucking clue. I don't know what's going on. By the year? Do you want
2: to? Do you want this? I I didn't write these questions. You want to go to another
1: one? To win the Super Bowl. Just one more time through.
2: Okay. (laughs) Who was the last QB picked first overall to win a Super Bowl? By the year he won the Super Bowl.
0: I don't know. Oh, uh, I have no idea. I, I get what he's saying. I get what you're saying. You get what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, yeah. The last number one overall pick to win a Super Bowl pretty much.
1: Okay. Um, before that, let's think it was... Oof. We'll go back to John Elway.
2: No. What reason than that? Peyton Manning? Oh, Peyton Manning. Oh, shit. What are you doing? You're dumb. Are you yeah, dumb? All
0: right, next question. All right.
2: All right uh, this one, uh, this is a layup. Well, it's a layup for me. Oh, hopefully it'll be a layup for you guys too. This running back was the last running back to be picked first overall back in
1: 1995.
2: Kajana Carter. Yep, layup. I, I don't know bangles. That is. Oh, he's a Bengals guy. What was? Uh, I was one years old in 1995. What was Kajana Carter's
1: nickname? Ooh, I don't know actually. What was it? Torn ACL. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, bad. well,
2: sorry, I, that's... we we won't we won't say it. But it's, right. it's not really his nickname. Oh, not okay. not. <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of Penn State, this is number three. Tailgate is headed there Saturday for the whiteout game, which you guys are. Uh, after Kajana was picked first, only three running backs have gone second overall since. One of them was Reggie Bush in 2006. Penn State and Auburn each have one. Who are they?
1: Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Yep. And then Ronnie Brown.
2: Yep. Nailed it. Ronnie Look Brown that. was number two overall. Yes, sir. Brown was Went number ahead two of overall. That's, That's insane. insane. Uh, 2005. Yeah. That's all I got. That's I was all nine. I
0: all right. That's it. Your, my question to you, the personal know your co host question. What sport did I play for San Diego State and lay, lead a I comeback win over Cal for?
1: Ultimate Frisbee. Let's go.
0: Dude, I was dominant Legend. Ultimate Frisbee. You don't want to see my shit. We were playing a little in the I saw State.
1: you throw a frizz. <laughs> You're trying to teach some girl how to throw a Frisbee, and I was like, this is not it wasn't neither great. the time no, nor the place. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. But you were throwing some seeds, I will say. <laughs> That's uh, all I, I have. Impressed. I only have seeds. All right. What, uh, what was my primary role when I was hired at PFF? Data collection. But – Which data? Base? Or no, QB analysis? I was player participation. Oh, player participation. Literally just saying where the players were lined up on the football field. So was I. Electric stuff for (laughs) six straight months. It was awesome. My first, I was player participation and player participation for special teams. Oh, yeah, I did that year too. And I, I made the mistake of being too fast at it, so they'd give me a bunch of games. Dude, special teams player participation is an absolute grind. Shout out to the guys who do that. But you you get you I used to have every long snapper's name memorized, so that was cool. Really? Yeah. Did you break that out on dates or when did you leverage it? Oh, I got so much, so much play with the ladies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All righty. That's gonna do it for this episode of Tailgate. Make sure to check us out if you are at Penn State. We're going to be there. Auburn at Penn State. Reach out. Send a DM to Tailgate or my DMs are open on Twitter. However you want to reach out to us, please do. We're going to be partying. Not partying. We're going to be working all weekend long there at Penn State. Should be an absolute treat. Make sure you rate your Send in mailbag questions.
1: Yeah. We only had a few this week. We're going to save them until next week. Hopefully get more. Hopefully do a big segment.
0: Yep. Follow PFF underscore tailgate on Twitter. Drop a mailbag question there. Or you can leave a question on Apple Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Until next time, Austin Mike Renner, producer Max Chadwick, Dave Sofaro, Mike Quinn, tailgate.